every day brings us closer. Closer to the moment when the next generation of NFL stars learn their destiny. And franchises try to lay the foundation for the next dynasty. With the first pick. This is First Draft. Now alongside NFL Draft Insiders Mel Kuyper Jr. and Todd McShay, here's Chris Brown. Welcome to First Draft for this week. It's going to be a rapid-fire edition. we got a little bit of a hard out because Mel's got 97 TV shows to do. He's got a new mock draft up. But we're going to skip the mock draft. I wanted to hit sleepers. I keep getting requests. Twitter, one crazy fan even called. Somehow got my office number. They want sleepers. They want guys that are beyond round one. You asked for it. We're going to give it to you. Lined up a bunch of questions. Todd and Mel. Let's fire through a bunch of these in the next 15 minutes before we jump on the teams, guys. Todd, you can get us started. Favorite quarterback who won't go until day three? Josh Dobbs, Tennessee. He may sneak into the late day two, but I, I, we'll, we'll see. I started the process thinking Tennessee didn't meet expectations. Dobbs never really quite played to his level. The more tape I studied, the more I liked him. Great senior bowl week, but most importantly, I – how he throws with anticipation, hung in the pocket, has the toughness, has the size, has mobility, really good mobility. I think he's a sleeper pick. And I think if put in the right situation, developed properly, he could be a starter in the league one day, you know, two, three years down the road. What about you, Mel? Day three quarterback who you're going to bet on? I think Brad Kaya's got a shot. I mean, if he'd have gone back to Miami, which he should have, even though they lost some good offensive players, uh, he could have been a second-round pick. So I think if you can get him on day three, I think you can in that fourth or fifth round area. I think Brad Kaya hangs in that pocket tough. Granted, he's not perfect, and granted, he has some work to do. But I think Brad Kaya has a lot of talent. He's got the right attitude. And then in day, day three, if you're a team looking like Kansas City always likes to take Buck Hogan last year, uh, I'd look at Kaya in round four or round five. Mel Mel, keep it going. Sure. Most explosive player that I that is a total wild card. Wide receiver, running back, but he's not a day one guy. I think it's D'Angelo Henderson from Coastal Carolina. I've liked him all year. I talked about him on ESPN.com. The production, the versatility. He gets behind those blocks. He's tough to find. He's tough to locate. I was impressed with his change of direction. I was impressed with his character. And when you watch him play, I mean, the kid gets hit, comes right back up. He's tough. He's determined. I'd say D'Angelo Henderson running back Coastal Carolina. What about you, Todd? I would go – I'm going to pull a kite from and give you two. Carlos Henderson, Louisiana Tech, 19 receiving touchdowns, tied with Corey Davis from Western Michigan this past year for the lead in the FBS, most in the FBS. And we know Corey Davis is, is going to be a first-round pick. And he, Henderson was a late start at wide receiver, played running back for a long time. Uh, but I thought he got better as his career went on, ran a four four six and can return. T.J. Logan's the other one. I'm still in North Carolina getting ready to fly to to South Bend to see Notre Dame, Kuiper's favorite school in the country. But uh, but I saw yesterday the Pro Day UNC, T.J. Logan, the running back, who ran a 4.37, the fastest time of any running back. Also had 76 career receptions, and he put on display yesterday the ability to catch the ball. So the versatility is there. I think Logan's a fast-rising prospect out of UNC at the running back position. All right, Mel, there's so many great tight ends. We keep hearing it. You talk to teams, they're saying it. It's not made up. There's a ton of tight ends. Who's one who would maybe be a two or a three last year who's going to fall this year? 
Well, I think teams are hoping he drops to the third or fourth, and that's Eric Saubert out of Drake. I mean, he can run 17 touchdown receptions the last two years. Granted, it's a low level, but he was impressive. Uh, this past year, he averaged almost 14 yards a catch with 10 touchdowns. I think Saubert out of Drake is the kid. If he can get him in the third or fourth round, he could end up being a really good pick. In a pass-happy league, this kid can extend the field, stretch the deep middle, do some damage after the catch, and his speed alone with his size and his uh, ability to have matchup advantages, Todd's going to be a big asset for a team. Yeah, I think I think Jake Butt is an interesting one. I think in in other years, you know, he, listen, I don't know that he's going to fall to the, the third round. Let's say he could wind up going in the second. The injury is a big part of it, but even with the injury, I think in other years we've had the last six years just two, I think two first round tight ends. I know it is. So uh, we're talking about it really a drought that we've had. So in other years, I think Jake Butt probably still would have gone in the first couple of rounds, but with as much talent as we have. Uh, Jake Budd, who had 97 receptions the last two years for Michigan, the go-to guy, uh, had that, that injury in the, the bowl game, supposed to be able to make a full recovery and should have a really good NFL career. But, uh, but Jake Butt could wind up being affected a little bit by how, how strong this tight end group is. Stay in rapid fire. Mel, running back who ran slow but still going to be good. Ran slow but still going to be good. I think Wayne Gallman didn't run great. Uh, and I think he'll be really good. He runs hard. Uh, you know, he's not, not the kind of guy that's going to wow you over, but you'll be put the tape in. You watch a kid move the chains. He has good body lean. I would say Wayne Gallman. Todd? I would go with Kareem Hunt. Ran a four six two. Didn't, you know, that to me, Kareem Hunt is a better player than the, the numbers that we saw. And I just think highly productive. We saw at the Senior Bowl against Better competition coming out of the MAC. That's kind of one of the questions, but I thought he had a really good week. Um, so the Toledo running back, to me, the numbers don't match up, but a very complete player, and I think he's going to be a value pick probably somewhere around the third round. Mel, give us a Jarvis Landry special. Didn't run fast, still be good at wide receiver. Oh, it's Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup's not going to be a blazing 40 guy. I've talked about him all year, Todd. I, when you scout his father, you know, you're getting old. But, um, you know, you look at him, what's not to like? I saw him in eastern Washington dominate when everybody knew he was going to be targeted a lot. Catches everything. Really savvy. Has a lot of savvy. Can play right away in the NFL. I would say Cooper Cup out of eastern Washington. Could end up being a really good third-round pick for somebody. Stole mine. That's exactly oh, who I was going It's the first thing to jump. Um, yeah, but you didn't scout his dad, Todd. No, I didn't. So he gets to take him. Let's see. I just looking at this list now. This is not rapid fire. Uh, Jerome Lane is an intriguing late round guy who ran a four six zero out of Akron. I love the Mac schools today. Max, uh, but he's he's an interesting player. Thirty five inch vertical at good numbers in the three cone six eight seven. Uh, good numbers and basically everything else he did just didn't run a fast forty time. Uh, and had a really good 10-yard split, too, of one five six. So he clearly can accelerate off the line, and I like this tape. I think he's going to be maybe sixth, seventh-round pick, but a guy who could wind up outplaying where he's drafted. His father was a first-round pick of the NBA draft back in 1988, Todd, so you like bloodlines. There you go. Look at you, man. Send it in, Jerome. If I'm not mm-hmm. wrong. Yep. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yep, I knew. I knew that. <laughs> Little raftery oh. special, guys. Yeah. Yep. These tackles stink. We all agree. So, who are you going to bet on in day three, Mel? Day three, I would bet on 
I'll, you know, I think some of these guys could drop just a little bit. I want to see where somebody takes Roderick Johnson out of Florida State, Todd. Bet on talent. I don't bet on tape. I mean, there were times where he did not play up to the talent. He was beaten by guys who shouldn't get the best of him. Roderick Johnson, if you can coach him up, get him to focus on the job at hand for 60 minutes, he's got feet, he's got the balance, he's got the athleticism. Roderick Johnson's a boomer bust, but if he drops to the third round, then I think you got yourself a guy to work with. So this is better better than the tape we saw? Yeah, I just think it's a guy. I think it's, you know, if you you, you don't get a tackle early on, so you, you're going to bet on a project. Who are you going to bet on later in this draft? Uh, I would say maybe Jermaine Illuminor from A&M. Hmm. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't have ideal experience, but he's, he's loaded with talent. I, I think, you know, maybe it's inside a guard. Could be a tackle, but I think Illuminor, who kind of has come out of nowhere, but I think could wind up being a mid-round pick somewhere around the third-round range. Um, But I think he's got the ability, but you're just going to have to be patient with him. All right, Mel, who's your Dontari Poe? I'm I'm looking for a guy where the tape's like, eh, but you saw him at the Combine, and now you're you're trying to talk yourself into it. The workout freak that you're going to bet on, doesn't have to be in round one, but just you like him more than you did when before we got to Indy. Well, I've liked this kid all year, and I think he deserves to be talked about. And I don't know, you know, I didn't think he'd be as high a pick as maybe he could go. And Todd, you could correct me if I'm wrong. I think he could be a third round pick as Derek Rivers out of Youngstown State. Wrote him up on ESPN.com. Saw him this year. Loved him. He can play on his feet. He can play with obviously with his hand on the ground. He has that ferocious side to him that I like. He will get after you. He plays hard. He was blocked multiple times. I saw him blocked by two, three guys, and he fought through it. I like Derek Rivers out of Youngstown State in round three. If he gets that far, Todd, maybe he could be a second-round pick. Who's your workout warrior, Todd? Um, interestingly enough, Jordan Willis. Because, I, I listen, I liked his tape, and he was productive at Kansas State. But I didn't think – I mean, the numbers he put up were just insane. I mean, you're talking like the elite of the elite. And I, I see a good athlete. I just don't see that same explosiveness that, that you see from those numbers. I mean, talking about a guy who came in at almost 6'4", 255 pounds, 24 bench press reps, ran a four five three, which is like a good number for a running back and solid for a lot of wide receivers – a 39-inch vertical, a 10-5 broad jump. I mean, there's stupid numbers that, that Willis put up. You know, I go back and I, I've gone back. I've watched the tape. The tape's good, but it's not as good as those numbers. So he's, he's a tough evaluation for me. All right. Cruising along here. We've got about seven, eight more minutes before I want to jump into the teams. Mel, who's your favorite FCS player? Maybe your Ali Marpet. Just, you know, one or two names. Don't steal them all. Well, I think when you look at guys, I talked about him already. The Youngstown State kid's my favorite, Derek Rivers. I mean, I look at him as a guy, if he'd have played at Ohio State, he could have been a real good player. Gave you the kid, D'Angelo Henderson of Coastal Carolina, who's going to be moving in to 1A. Uh, I think he's going to be a really good player. And obviously, Cooper Cup at Eastern Washington. They're the marquee guys, Todd, that I see uh, from the non-1A programs that are going to go pretty high. I think you look as well, uh, you know, you think about Villanova, Tano Passignon, you mentioned him earlier, Todd. With that length, you know, big kid, he's raw, but he's got talent. He had a couple games this year where he had some production. Needs a lot of work, but if you get into the third, fourth round, Passignon from Villanova could be interesting. You leave you anybody, Todd? Yeah, well, it's, I'm going to dip a little, if you will, than the FCS level. Adam Shaheen, tight end from Ashland. 
That's your guy. Talked about him a little bit on this podcast before. I think his tape is really impressive. He's 280 pounds, and he's more of a finesse player than he is a than you would think for his frame. I mean, the guy's massive. He ran well at the combine. Really good production. Dominated the Division Two level. And you know, they move him around. He can be an inline pass catcher. He can work in you know flexed out, or he can even work out wide. And if anything, he's got to improve, which you wouldn't think, but he'd improve his blocking and, and become a little a little bit better with his technique there. But he's got, obviously, the size and enough strength. This guy's a matchup problem and a guy that I think could wind up going in the second round, worst case, probably third round. But Shaheen is a really interesting player. Todd Instagrammed uh, Shaheen this year. I don't think Mel Instagrammed Shaheen this year. So Todd gets what, him. Guys, mm-hmm. pass rusher. With the highest ceiling, maybe something raw, maybe he didn't have the sack totals. Who knows? Mel, give me a pass rusher who's not going to go until day three, but you still like him. Pass rusher, Keontae Davis from UT Chattanooga has ability. Uh, there's no question about that. If you go back and look at what he did against some top-level teams in major conferences during his career, uh, he had production. Uh, behind the line of scrimmage against the run, he had the injury in high school. But I tell you what, when he's been at full strength, Keontae Davis, UT Chattanooga, has shown the ability to get after the quarterback. Who's your, who's your yeah, sleeper pass rusher? Rivers, Rivers was the one I was thinking of earlier. Um, but I think you can even go to the inside. I mean, interior defensive linemen, there's a couple guys. DeWan Smoot, well, he's not interior. He, they move him around. DeWan Smoot was the, one of the hard evaluations for me out of Illinois because he had such a great 2015 season, showed so much promise, mm-hmm. uh, but did not play well this past year. So you got to figure out what went wrong. Uh, he was frustrated with the scheme. Can you get him back to the player he was in 2015? And if so, maybe you get a player that is a is a steal because he's going to wind up dropping after a, a really underwhelming 2016 season. Mel, mm-hmm. these guys are like uh, dinosaurs. They don't exist anymore. The Ted Washington All-Stars. I want a clogger. Who's the best guy? I don't know if he's going to be 360, but who is a guy who just eats up the middle of an offensive line? I like this kid. I understand he's got talent around. I like Dalvin Tomlinson at Alabama as an inside guy. Gives you a little more than just a clogger. I mean, I've seen this guy get into the backfield. I, I like Dalvin Tomlinson. Can you get him in the third round? Maybe. Uh, but, hey, he might go in the second. But I think Dalvin Tomlinson uh, would be that type of player for me, Todd. Yeah, that, that's exactly what I was going to say. I'll, go, I'll give you another one. Stevie T, I'll call him. I'm not even going to try his last name. Go ahead if you want. From USC. Uh, Eddie Vanderdose kind of fits that bill as well out of UCLA. UCLA. Uh, two guys in, in uh, Southern Cal area. But uh, Stevie T, if you're looking for a guy just to eat space and and the clog versus the run, I mean, he is a perfect fit. He's 6'1", 331 pounds. So he is, I mean, guy's a fire hydrant. 6'1", 330. I don't even know how he fits it on that frame. <laughs> That's impressive. And he can move a little bit. There's a little... Uh... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's an armadillo body. Um, guys, Mel, give me a. We got three more here in our rapid fire cornerback who's good, but it's gonna fall because he can't catch or he can't run. But he's good. Which who, who's your guy? Well, if he, I mean, Demonte Casey. Loved him all year. Don't about catching. He catches like a receiver. He's got really good ball skills. Yeah, really good hands. Doesn't have tremendous speed. It's not real big. Uh, but, hey, I want playmakers. I want production guys that play well in the, with the pads on, Todd. DeMonte Casey from San Diego State, if you can get him in the fourth round, I think he'll be better than some of the guys going to second at cornerback. 
Tease Tabor, guy who we talked about in the first round for a long time, goes and runs a four six two, has a really marginal workout. And you know, there's some issues. He's had some some off the field issues, some incidents and and there's some concerns there. So I, I think he's gonna wind up falling, but I still like his tape. And he's a tough evaluation because he does so many things well on tape and, and really can cover, has good instincts, knows when to, to get off of his man and 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 to go help and knows when to to use his eyes in the backfield looking for the quarterback when the ball's coming out versus when to keep it on the the receiver and just has a good feel for the game and I'm I knew he wasn't going to run well I was surprised when he ran the 462 which is a red flag number at the position he also only had nine bench press reps which means he's allergic to the weight room and, and you just wonder about the work ethic and everything else but Tease Tabor is a Good football player. Won't surprise me if he winds up starting in the league, even though he ran that poor time. Nine reps. I do nine reps before I have my cinnamon toast crunch. Mel, yeah. who's a dude who's really who's really good in the return game? Maybe he doesn't have anything else, but he's going to stick on a roster because he's a return game freak. Wow, that's a good question. I haven't thought about guys down the line. I mean, we know what the guy's at the top, which is helping Trebron Maybe Peppers. it's even a Dory Jackson if he just doesn't well, work out at corner. Well, you know? we know he's going to be a great – I think, you know, Peppers would tell Peppers, everybody, oh, he's going to be a great return man. He's automatic. He's going to be a phenomenal return guy. And I think that helps out there uh, in terms of getting him back into the first-round mix. Uh, I think you, know, you would put him, Todd, for me, as far as versatility uh, at the top of the list. I mean, there's a lot of guys that can return that aren't just cornerbacks that are on the, the offensive side of the ball. But I would go with, uh, with Peppers is the best pure return man in this draft. Yeah, Peppers. Uh, Carlos Henderson's one I mentioned from Louisiana Tech. I think that's going to help him hang around as he continues to, to learn and, and develop. Um, he's, he's got the explosiveness that you really that you look for. Um, who's the, George, the smaller Georgia receiver? Uh, Isaiah, McKenzie. Isaiah McKenzie. McKenzie. Isaiah McKenzie's another guy. Whew. I mean, he is lightning. His tape is fun to watch because he's a little dude, and I know he's he's going to last until the third day. But I gave him a fifth round grade, even knowing that he might go undrafted. I just like this tape. I liked it five seven and a half, one hundred and seventy three pounds. He gets off of the press with quickness. He they move him around. He's tough. He'll go over the middle, take some big hits, explosive after the catch, and um, and he had six career returns for touchdowns. So. He's a guy who has experience in that in that area and, and some explosiveness. So McKenzie could be a guy, late-round pick, that, that winds up making it because of his ability to return. All right, last question in our rapid-fire sleeper session here. I think I'm going to coin that. Uh, Mel, who's the guy, and I wrote it just like this, guy who everybody bags on but you think is awesome? Wow. Who's, who's, <coughs> a, who's your Mel guy who's going to fall – He's got bad tape or he's got bad workout, but you're convinced he's going to be a good player. Well, I'm just looking at the guys. You've got to like the guys to believe that they're going to fall. So, yeah, <laughs> to me, you know, if, you like, if you like them enough to think that they're going to be good and yet they're going to be a third or fourth round pick, I'll go to a guy who could get lost in the shuffle a little, Todd. I haven't heard his name as much as I thought. I mentioned him on our podcast during the year. We mentioned every tight end under the sun. But we have not talked enough about Cole Hickatini. I like this tape. I like them all year. But of late, I haven't heard Cole Hickatini tight end from Louisville enough. I think he's going to be really good. And I like Deion Dawkins. I know he has to move inside. I like Deion Dawkins, tackle guard out of Temple. Yeah. I like both of them. I, I would tend to agree with you on that, unfortunately. <laughs> Caleb Brantley is another one from Florida. I yeah. feel like he's he's gone dark. No one's mentioned him. He didn't have a great workout. 
uh, at the combine, and I think that people are starting to ask more questions than they are having answers for for Caleb Brantley. But I think he's one of the best three techniques in this class. And his sack production does not match up to what he actually does in terms of disruption and causing double teams and forcing quarterbacks to get off the spot. I think he only had five or five and a half career sacks. So that's going to be a knock against him. He's going to fall a little bit, uh, but I think he's going to be a, a really good player. Uh, Malik McDowell, he's going to fall, and I understand why, because his work habits weren't great. There's uh, questions about maturity, but I think from a physical tools standpoint, it's a little bit like Chris Jones a year ago. Everyone was bagging on Chris Jones, and I, I understood why, but I, I just loved the tape so much I didn't care. Uh, coming out of Mississippi State, and he had a really good rookie year. Uh, same here, I think, with Malik McDowell coming out of Michigan State. I think he'll be motivated. I think he threw in the white flag when Michigan State was terrible this year by their standards. Uh, but I think he has the tools to be the best interior pass rusher. And he may be the most physically gifted defensive tackle in this class. If that's even how you classify him. And uh, Chidobe Owuze from, from Colorado. He's a cornerback slash safety that plays like a linebacker. I just love this dude's tape. He actually worked out a little bit better than, than people anticipated. Pretty good workout, yeah. So, yeah, so maybe he goes in the, the second, but he's a player that – uh, that I feel like has been kind of bagged on this whole year. He's, he's a yeah, but guy. Everyone says, oh, no, I like his tape. He's a good player, but, yeah, but. And then they go through ten things that they don't like. I, I think Awuze is just a darn good football player, and it'll show up on the next level. The tackler, he'll be a Gruden favorite. I bet you title on that. I, I just throw in one of the guys that I, I overlooked, but character is important. Work ethic, passion. He doesn't have a ton of sacks. He's had some injury issues. But Jared Davis at Florida Tide, I, I, I'll bet on him becoming a, a good yeah. player as a second-round pick because he could get pushed down just a little bit. I think maybe out of the first into the second. But if character's going to determine what a player is in the NFL, we know he has ability. Jared Davis's character is off the charts. Another one of those guys who's a little bit smaller, but holy cow, he can play. Uh, Davis, I mean, he fits. The, the template's been laid there. There's a lot of these guys that are too – in the you know high two twenties two thirties at linebacker and Reuben Foster's not even a monster in terms of size but if they can get through the trash and play he should be a pretty good one guys we crushed it twenty minutes of sleepers we're gonna take a break hit some teams and then we'll be out of here but first believe it or not some people still don't get podcasts why they are special and even how to listen you can help them change that with one click right now think of someone you care about. What podcast would they really love? You got it? Now do it. Hit the share button on the bottom left of your screen. If they don't know how to listen, offer to show them. Tell us what you shared with the hashtag tripod. Now this is tricky. T-R-Y pod. Thanks for spreading the word. The New York Giants. New York Giants. Ticking lower than they were previous year. Really cleaned up in free agency on the defensive side of the ball. Interesting situation here, Todd. If Jonathan Hankins is still around, they bring him back. You're really feeling good about the defensive side of the ball here. If he doesn't, then maybe you start thinking about that as opposed to, say, I don't know, the fact that you got Eric Flowers and Bobby Hart as your two tackles. What are you thinking as you assess the Giants? I feel like it's the same needs every year. I feel like we're talking about offensive tackle linebacker and and then there's a question because whether either they have a good uh good talent on the defensive line and but they want to load up and, and add more because the giants have typically you know been known to do that in the first 
few rounds or or because they've they've lost somebody to free agency and on the defensive front. But offensive tackle continues to be a need. Do they see a tackle in this class, whether it's uh, Garrett Bowles out of out of Utah or it's uh, Ryan Ramchek out of Wisconsin, or maybe it's in day two, but do they see a tackle that can finally end that need at left tackle and then they can move around their existing parts to fill out that offensive line? I think that's the big question. Linebacker, to me, is, is an area that can be dealt with on, on day two. I think it's a, a decent class, a solid class. I wouldn't classify it as a, a great class of linebackers, but I think there's some, some talent to be had in the, the second and third rounds. And, and this is an organization we all know. What is it? Uh, Carl Banks, Carl right? Carl Banks, no? 84. The, the last time. So, um, you know, a guy like Zach Cunningham from Vanderbilt, Jared Davis from Florida, uh, T.J. Watt from Wisconsin, Raquan McMillan from Ohio State, the two LSU guys, Kendall Beckwith, Duke Riley, Florida's Alex Anzalone. So all those guys are in the day two range. I think there's it's a pretty good group there. They could address that need and not have to use a first-round pick, which we know that they won't historically. I think they could get a pass rusher. If they want to go with Derek Barnett to throw into that mix, you need multiple pass rushers. They could. Barnett's kind of iffy for the top 15 to 20. You can get him at 23. That would certainly make sense. Uh, the offensive line, I think it depends upon how they evaluate these guys. I wouldn't take one in the first. I think it would be iffy at that point because what you're trying to do is figure out what you're doing with Eric Flowers. You want a true left tackle. Cam Robinson's going to be a right tackle or a guard. Rampcheck won't be there at 23, I don't believe. Uh, then you get into Garrett Bowles. Or is, you know, he's kind of a little bit of a boomer bust there. Are you going to take him over the pass rusher? So we'll see. I think they could still go for a pass rusher at 23. The Oakland Raiders. The Oakland Raiders Ugh. haven't picked in the 20s in round one since 2005 when they did what, Mel? Yeah, they took Fabian Washington at 23 instead of a dude named Aaron Rodgers at 24. Part of the reason why they've been picking really high for a long time. Mel, kick us off. What are you going to do if you're the Oakland Raiders? Well, you got to look corner. Uh, Tredavious White, Marlon Humphrey. Uh, if you want to pass on uh, you know, uh, the other corners that could still be there. And I would I mentioned Tease Tabor. Once you're on a 4-6, you probably bump down into the early second. But Tredavious White, LSU, Marlon Humphrey, Alabama. Maybe Kevin King at Washington would be another to think about who has that great length. I think this is where you think about as well a running back if you're Oakland. Joe Mixon, they've talked to him. The, is somebody late in the first round going to look at Mixon knowing that he won't be there in the early second round? Oakland uh, and, and, and Joe Mixon. Uh, you, they got Derek Carr. Yeah an explosive running back, receiver, kick returner like Mixon to the arsenal, all of a sudden you got yourself a guy who can do an awful lot of great things for an offensive football team. Yeah, and Alvin, Alvin Kamara from Tennessee could, could be a possibility there. We'll see, where, we'll see where Christian McCaffrey comes off the board and, and Dalvin Cook as well. Cook with the shoulder injuries and, and some, other, uh, some other issues could wind up falling just a little bit. So running back, I, I would agree with the positions. Running back, I think cornerback is the number one priority. Uh, it's just an interesting class because Lattimore from Ohio State will be off the board. Tredavious White, a lot of differing opinions on him. Marlon Humphrey's really good at everything except except tracking the ball and, and, and playing you know playing when the ball is in the air, let's say, which is a very important part of playing the cornerback position. But if you use him properly, he can be effective. Kevin King and Gary and Conley from Washington, Ohio State, respectively, had good tape. I didn't think first-round tape, but they had workouts that were exceptional, and no position is affected more by 40-yard dashes and vertical jumps and short shuttles and three-cone drills than cornerback. And I think you're going to see them both in the first round as a result. The Houston Texans. 
Houston Texans had one of the top three defenses in the NFL last year, and that was mostly without J.J. Watt, who had been all-world for the previous few years. But I don't know if defense is the early look here. I guess the question, Todd, you can get it started, is the question, do you take one of the quarterbacks if it's there and, you know, a guy like Tony Romo or even a Jay Cutler isn't already on the roster? Yeah, this is interesting. I gave Mitch Trubisky there because I had him falling last mock draft. I don't know that he will fall. If he does, I still don't even know that Bill O'Brien would wind up taking him. Bill O'Brien values the the quarterback room, as he says, as much as anyone in the in the league. And, and I mean by that, or he means that just the importance of of being able to pick things up, working with one another in there, learning what they want. Their system asks more. Uh, out of the quarterback and, and receivers in terms of uh, option routes and, and reading things and, and deciding post-snap, pre-snap obviously, but post-snap, things change so quickly that a lot of guys are, they find it difficult to play in this system. So are you going to draft a guy that played in a system that doesn't translate very well and only had 13 starts at the college level? I'm not so sure. So I, I could actually see Houston with this pick could be an offensive lineman. You know, Bowles or Ramchek falls could be – I don't think Forrest Lamp would fall to this point from Western Kentucky, but it uh, could be an offensive lineman. I could easily see them taking a Nate Peterman hit, a guy who has really good football intelligence. Josh Dobbs is another one from Tennessee. You know, day two picks and, and trying to, to bring in some more competition for Tom Savage for the long term and then using this pick maybe just – I don't want to call it a luxury, but – just best player available. If someone's to fall to this point that they thought was a, a really good player, like a Hassan Reddick um, or a pass rusher, I, I could see them just taking advantage of it. Malik McDowell, even though it's not a need, just loading up on guys in the front seven so that they can continue to be dominant on that side of the ball. Yeah, McDowell doesn't exactly sound crazy given uh, what J.J. Watt's coming back from. Mel, any last thoughts on the Texans? I think the Texans are a team that have to get an offensive lineman. If Cam Robinson's there, he's a right tackle. He's not a left tackle. He's a right tackle or a guard. Cam Robinson drops to the Houston Texans. That could be a real good pick. The Seattle Seahawks. Mel, kick us off here. We know what they need. They need offensive linemen, and, you know, the defense is getting a little bit older, but kick us off before you have to run to your many TV duties. Well, they need an offensive lineman, but which one will be there? That's the thing. I think Garrett Bowles could be there. I think he's the one could drop right now. I think Robinson, because of the versatility, will be gone, and Ramchek will be gone, and Forrest Lamp will be gone because he's a, he can play guard, obviously. He's not going to be a tackle. He's going to be a guard or a center, so he'll be long gone. Seattle looks at corner. I think this is where you get into Gary and Conley, Ohio State, gone. I think he goes in the top 15, maybe to Philadelphia at 14. Lattimore, obviously gone in the top 10. Then where do you go for corner? Yeah, I mean, you're looking at maybe Tredavious White being there, Kevin King, Washington, being there as well. Marlon Humphrey could be there. So they could be looking at a really good corner at 26, and I think that's the direction they'll go. Yeah, it wouldn't shock me. Corner, offensive line you addressed as well. If, if a guy is there, then, then I think you take him. I actually gave Malik McDowell from Michigan State because he was falling in the mo- my most recent mock draft. And I, I, Again, I think he's one of the 10 most talented football players in this class. It didn't always show up on tape. But I think in the right scheme, and this would be a perfect scheme, that he, he could be really productive. And I think Pete Carroll's the type of guy that could get the most out of Malik McDowell. The versatility that he has is, is exactly what they want along that defensive front. And I could see that as a good fit as well if he winds up falling. But corner certainly could be a need. Offensive tackle is, is a major need.
It's the mailbag, and it's the McShay show. It's perfect. He's unencumbered. He can really express himself here. Todd, EJ at at new EJ says, who's the best pure nose tackle in this draft? Well, it depends on how you define pure nose tackle. I'm assuming you mean like a basically like we talked about a earlier, zero, yeah. a, a space space eater and a three four scheme. A guy, the Ted Washington type, as you mentioned. I mentioned Stevie T out of USC, 6'1", 330 pounds. He's massive. He can eat up space, and he's, he's your classic nose tackle. I think, um, you know, it, Mel mentioned Dalvin Tomlinson. I, I don't know that he's necessarily a nose, but I do think he's one of the best run-stuffing defensive tackles in this class. I, I, he's not going to offer much as a pass rusher, uh, but I think he's an underrated player. And I, I, to me, he, he's going to be a really good value pick in the probably in the third round range and Eddie Vanderdose is another one he put on too much weight coming off the injury last year uh this past season he just wasn't the same player and he, he I mean let's face it he got fat and he and he took off some of the weight from postseason getting ready for the pre pre uh draft process and he's starting to look a little bit quicker he started to look a little quicker at the senior bowl and, and looked a little bit better at the at the combine and and so hopefully that trend continues and he's able to to keep his keeping fighting weight shape. Uh, but Vanderdoe's not great as a pass rusher, but really strong run defender and, and can be very effective if, if he's uh, well-conditioned. Got to ask this one because a lot of buzz around this guy coming out of Indy. Blake Crispin, at Blake Crispin, asks, no Obi Melifonwu in the first round of uh, Mel's latest Mach 3.0. Don't think you had him in yours as well, Todd. I think – it's his pro day right now. I was told by somebody there he ain't running the 40. His agent shouldn't let him run the 40 after what he did in Indy. Todd, where's this guy going to go? Another UConn broad-jumping freak. If it's not late first, it's, it'll be, my guess is, the first first half of the second round. I mean, he. I liked his tape. I thought he was more physical this past year than he was in previous years. I thought he had, I wouldn't say elite. He had good recognition skills. I think that area improved as well. Um, excellent straight line speed, four-year player, really a four-year uh, starter. He had 145 tackles his first two years as a freshman sophomore. In the last two years, he had almost 200 tackles. He also had eight career interceptions, so the ball production's there. Um, he's long. He's six, basically 6'4", yeah. 224 pounds, and ran a, a legit verified 4-4-0. In the forty, I mean, you don't find many guys like this. Runs a four, a one five one ten, which is outstanding. A forty four inch vertical, which is ridiculous. An eleven nine broad jump. I don't know if it was the second best of all time, but it was really close to the what was it twelve three that um yeah Byron Jones ran or jumped. So you're talking about just elite, rare physical tools to develop, and a guy who has four years of playing experience, and and to me. I'd say he looked the part of a, a day two prospect, but because you have those physical tools there to, to work with, it wouldn't shock me if he snuck in the late first. Yeah, you always hear evaluators talk about, you know, really long arms is is something that shaves off a slower 40 time. You know, great length does that because, you know, if maybe he can't catch the guy, but his arms are there. This is, you just don't see a lot of six four safeties, but that's what this guy is. Todd, we hear a lot about Neil Stevenson at Neil Salmon 71 says we hear a lot about players rising who are 
Just give me a few names of guys that maybe dropped a little bit. Maybe guys you had in round one and your you know Mach 1.0 way back in December that now seem more likely you know second night guys. Um, I would say I don't want to say he dropped. Taco Charlton didn't have the best workout. Yeah. I think he's a really complete football player, so he may he may drop a little. I still think first round, but he may drop a little bit. I think the cornerbacks we've seen a lot of kind of shifting because of the workouts, which tends to happen. Also, Sidney Jones is the injury, the Achilles injury at his pro day, which terrible timing, feel horrible for him. He's going to wind up dropping into the second day, and he probably would have been, I don't know, second, third corner taken, very likely a top 25 pick. Uh, Tease Tabor is, is going to drop from Florida because of the 462. I talked about him earlier. I think his tape is a lot better than the numbers he puts up, but is he going to work at it? Is he going to stay out of trouble? And why is he only have nine bench press reps? And why is he running this slow? You know, what, what are the reasons? Is he just that slow? And maybe he'll be exposed at the next level. It'll be interesting to see. So those are a couple of – a few guys, actually, that, that I think will, will drop a little bit. Jake Butt, because of the injury from Michigan, is very unfortunate. Uh, he's a really good player. I talked about his production and everything that, that he's brought to the table. So – and Jordan Leggett from Clemson. I know a lot of people are really high on him. I, I think he's a good player at the tight end position. I think he's smooth. I, I think when you look at his suddenness, there's something missing. I don't know that he, you know, he's not overly elusive and, and struggles to get some separation. And in a very, very deep, talented tight end class, he's a guy who could have been maybe a second-round pick in some years, but probably will, will drop to the later portions of day two. Yeah, Leggett's kind of a dude who, you know, a tight end, I think it is pro day last week, went like four six seven, four six nine, and everybody kind of shrugs, and it's like, hey, that's not bad for a tight end. It's just this year with right. just a freak show list of these guys, it kind of yeah, and most falls under the radar. Four sevens too. So those, <laughs> those numbers at Clemson that they were posting is yeah, well, their official true. numbers were, were a little faster, as, as you would expect. Everybody's running downhill at their uh, pro day. All right, two more, one just got to throw this to you because it's important. William Mayfield at W Mayfield 13. Todd, any kickers going to be drafted? We saw one going round two this year, and now the Bucks have already brought in Nick Folk. So I don't expect any ad early, but any kickers on your radar? Um, there are a few kickers. Conrad uh, Ukropina from Stanford. Jake strong, Elliott from Memphis. What's that? I said strong work there. On uh, I, was, I, was, oh, I thought you were just going to dodge our Stanford guy. Uh, Ucrapina and uh, Zane Gonzalez from Arizona State. Punter, you got Toby Baker from Arkansas. Ohio State's Cameron Johnson. Hayden Hunt from Colorado. Um, back to kicker, the, the Miami guy. Justin Vogel is another guy. So I, I don't believe any of these kickers or punters will come off the board. No. Certainly not in the first two days. I'm guessing more like more traditionally, fifth. Sixth, seventh round. Yeah, no Aguayo, no Jason Hansen, no Seabass in this class. Got to throw a shout out to Austin Rico, Todd. Come on, kicker, punter, specialty, Idaho. Oh yeah, that's huge. You got him. That's huge. Uh, I'll probably get him a uh, free agency. I thought it was Reckow. He's got to get that nailed down before I get him a free agency deal. All right, one. I got to ask this because it's sad and annoying. But Ben Fox at Ben Fox ESPN, somebody who could send you an email. To ask this question, still fires off a first draft mailbag question. My Vikings, Fox, man? my Vikings still must address the O line. Oh, you don't think, uh, you know, Wemmers is going to do the trick? Sad. With such a weak class, do they move up 
into the late first round for Lamp. He's just going on a last-name basis with guards already. I'm assuming he's talking about Forrest Lamp out of Western Kentucky. Todd, would you trade up for Forrest Lamp? Come on. First of all, Hawk's still mad at me because I ignored him one time on a flight to, to uh, the, I think it was the NFL draft to Chicago a couple years ago. Sorry, Fox. I was trying to get a little work done because you guys are slave drivers over at ESPN.com. Um, no, I'm not going to trade up. I don't like trading up, period. Unless it's a desperate situation for a quarterback, I'm not a big trade-up guy. I'd, ra- I'd rather move back, get extra picks. Percentages are in your favor that way. Forrest Lamp, Western Kentucky, best offensive lineman in this class, but I'm not, I'm not trading up for him. Unless it's one spot up and I'm giving away just about nothing, but I, I really, I'm all set. Yeah, uh, I think you're uh, probably right there. But, uh, you know, maybe he hasn't got excited. I think I said Wemmers. It was actually Remmers and Reef. Fox, if uh, you want to go buy the jersey, probably you can get a combo pack for like 50 bucks. Remmers 72, Reef 71. I think it looks great there for your Vikings. Your Vikings. Guys, that was first draft, rapid fire session of sleepers still got through 97 names we hit the giants raiders texans seahawks and we even ditched kuiper for the mailbag incredible uh todd any last words any last plugs no all right I think I'm, that's, I'm perfect i think that's a good way to go uh we'll call it a week and uh we'll be doing it again soon thanks for tuning in Thanks for listening to First Draft. For more great podcasts, check out ESPN.com slash PodCenter.